All right, friends, it's officially Advent. Hey, listen, if you missed the chance to order your physical Advent study book or legacy book in time to read along with the podcast and with the community, listen, I have good news. You can still purchase a digital study book for immediate download at shopshereadstruth.com. That's right. No wait time, no shipping cost, and full access to all the goodness inside our very special 2021 Advent study book. That's right. Visit shopshereadstruth.com to order your digital Advent study book or He Reads Truth Legacy book today. Merry Christmas and welcome to the She Reads Truth podcast where we open our Bibles and talk about the beauty, goodness, and truth we find there. I'm your host, Amanda Bible-Williams. And I'm your other host, Rachel Myers. And this is our second episode in the five-week Advent series, y'all. Today for this episode, we are joined by our friend and somebody we really admire, Ruth Jo Simons. Ruth is a Wall Street Journal best-selling, award-winning author of several books, including her newest book that released this fall called When Strivings Cease. Ruth is a really talented artist. She's an entrepreneur, a speaker. She is such an encouragement to us at She Reads Truth, and we're just so grateful for the way that she models loving her family, loving the world around her, and more than anything, just loving God and His Word. Y'all, Ruth and her husband Troy are really wonderful, intentional parents with their six boys, and we're going to get to hear a little bit about that in today's episode. Y'all, Advent is such a special time, and this season, it comes with all the things, and we're going to talk about a lot of those things in this episode. We're really grateful, Amanda and I are, that you're joining us, and We hope that this episode will encourage you to be a woman in the Word of God every day this week. Let's get right to this episode. Ruth, welcome to the podcast. We are so happy to have you, and Merry Christmas. So fun to be here in person. (laughs) It has been, I was trying to think back to the last time you were here with us, I think it was the summer of 2020 which we had pre-recorded and like kind of like right before the mm-hmm. pandemic hit. Yeah. And so we ended up having like an in-person conversation that we got to air yes, in yeah. the summer of 2020, which worked out great. It was, I think, People of the Bible. Does that sound right? Yep. Yes. Yeah. Good times. Um, it feels like it's been long enough. I'm so glad that we could work it out for you to come back and for Christmas. I love it. It's so warm and cozy in here. Yeah, for those of you just listening, there are images on social today and on the show notes, but we are in a room with a Christmas tree, a live tree, and it is feeling just right. It smells good. Mm -hmm. There was some Christmas music earlier until we turned it off. Felt appropriate to turn it off. So we could chat. (laughs) Okay, so Ruth, something I love about you, and there are many things, but you are the mama of a lot of boys. Six six is a lot. Six boys age 19 to eight. eight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, talk to us about like, what is the Simons family like at Mm Christmas time? What do y'all do? What are your traditions? Well, let's set the stage and remember that we're also in retail with Grace Laced. That's right. Yeah. Christmas is kind of a chaotic and crazy time for us. And so I try to make sure that if we do something special, we do it well, but we don't try to do everything. Okay, that's actually beautiful. Can you say, say that, that again? again? Yeah, for the people I in think, the back, and actually yeah, for me, uh-huh. I think every single year I just pick one or two things we want to do, and I try to do those things really well. Even if it's just one thing, even if it's just I love that. you know we're gonna sing a hymn or whatever it is, mm-hmm. be in the moment and do that one thing, right? And not try to do everything. Okay. I think sometimes you just start the season off so overwhelmed, yeah, and you think. They only have so many 18 Christmases at home. <laughs> and if this one stinks, then I've, you know. The pressure down to is seven, on and it is put gotta, on by ourselves. We've got to quit that. Because yeah. when our kids leave our home, what they'll remember isn't exactly how perfectly everything. I think they remember a tone more You're than right. they remember a certain smell or a certain food. And those yeah. are special things. Don't sure. get me wrong. Please keep making the thing that you make every year yeah. for Christmas. But They will revolt think, if you do not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so absolutely, traditions are so special. But I think for all those who are listening who might feel a little bit like maybe you're going through a hard year and you just can't muster up all the energy or maybe you don't want to pull out all the decorations this year. 
your heart and your tone and the way you talk about mm-hmm. why we're celebrating is actually more memorable right. than how you set the stage. Yeah. That's so good. And I need that reminder. Yeah. Just starting out strong here, telling Amanda what yeah. she needs to hear. That actually speaks so much to me this year because we are in just like a weird, we're in a weird season at our mm. house. We're um, moving at the end of the year. And so like we've got boxes and to decorate our home for Christmas this oh, year yeah. is just too overwhelming. Yeah. It's too much. We can't decorate plus pack. Yeah. Um, it's unpacking plus packing. and it, Packing is overwhelming on its own. It's probably a not fantastic time of year to be moving, but this is what the Lord has given us, and we are honestly so grateful. But we're just kind of, we looked at this back in kind of end of the summer, and I just kind of looked ahead, and I was like, if we're moving at the end of the year— I need to relieve myself of some of the stress. Like, sure. I need to go like, mm-hmm. okay, it's okay if we don't do this. And rather than seeing it as a crisis, we just kind of asked ourselves, like, what's the opportunity? Like, right, right. what does this mean? Like, as a family, what can we do this year? Because it's different that we mm-hmm. wouldn't do any other year. And so we're just kind of shifting our Christmas this year. We yeah. have so many traditions that we love, but we're kind of excusing ourselves mm-hmm. from the checklist yeah. this year and just kind of looking at it a different way. And like, I love the word that you used, tone. Mm-hmm. They're going to remember uh-huh. the tone. And what I don't want my kids to remember or think back on of Christmas of 2021 is that their mom was just totally stressed out mm-hmm. and overwhelmed. I want them to remember uh-huh. 2021 Christmas as really special and sweet. You know, and to that point, I also think that sometimes we make much of the activity of Advent, as in like the doing. Somehow Mm -hmm. those particular weeks are supposed to capture so much magic that Mm -hmm. we're supposed to be so happy all the rest of our lives because of how we did those We make Advent or Christmas a verb. Let's Christmas so hard this year. (laughs) But the crazy thing is the whole point of Advent is to make much of Christ. That's good. And and I just think that we can make much of Christ through the way we pray, Mm -hmm. the way we fix a meal together, lighting one candle, Mm not a million if you don't have a million. It's okay if you choose not to do gifts this year. You're not going to not have Christmas just because you don't do gifts a certain way. And I think we forget that. We forget that the thing that we want to make much of and we want to take the time during Advent to focus on isn't so that we could Christmas so hard, like you said, (laughs) that we end up feeling like so great about how, you know, that we had peace and happiness for just a little moment, but that we need to say, we are made for peace and happiness mm-hmm. and joy all year round. That's and right. we're going to focus and make much of Christ who gives that to us during this season. Yeah. And we can do that when yes. we're packing. We can do that mm-hmm. when we're going through grief and mm-hmm. loss. We can go through that when finances are tight and we're going to shift things around and not do gifts the way we usually do. You can do that in a lot of ways when we make much of Christ and not our own experience. This is that. so encouraging. You too. I feel so fortunate that you're my friends because you're so wise. And this is such a needed word for, I dare say, most of us mm-hmm. like listening. And, and I think what you're describing is it's an example of what truly is the whole of the Christian life, mm-hmm. which is we want to keep oriented to Christ, right? In every season, we want our life to be about making much of Him. And seasons change, seasons of life, circumstances, the tone of life, you know, Mm -hmm. sometimes like last week Mm -hmm. with Annie Downs, she was here and we talked about, you know, how life can be really dark at times. Mm -hmm. We're talking about Jesus as the light in this Mm -hmm. Advent study Mm -hmm. and how the world can feel dark. Our life circumstances can feel dark. Our hearts can feel really dark. That's right. I want this. I want what you're describing, not just in Advent, mm-hmm. but I want that in life. Like I want to remember that following Jesus is not just about doing all the right activities mm-hmm. or doing yeah. them in the right order or at the right time, or even doing what we've always done. Mm. But it is a dynamic relationship with our Savior. And, you know, because life is life, and we are humans, and life is constantly happening in various ways, then we are to be, we talked about with her as well, like, we're in conversation with God, we're in relationship with Jesus, we're bringing Hopefully, because scripture invites us to, we're bringing our whole selves. That's right. And so, what I hear you guys describing is not just trying to perform Advent, Mm -hmm. but to actually like keep the goal in mind, which is 
to experience Advent in our hearts and with one another. Mm -hmm. And if that is true, then some of these things that can feel really, really important. I mean, the gift list for your immediate family members, for example, Mm -hmm. like that can start to feel really stressful Mm -hmm. or decorating um, or whatever. I mean, it can be so many things, errands, planning for the new year, whatever. And those things are fine and they're good. But if the end of each of them is not Jesus, then mm-hmm. like, well, maybe it's okay to give ourselves a pass. It's funny that in an attempt to celebrate the coming of the Prince of Peace, <laughs> we often lose our peace. And create a lot of And chaos. create a lot of chaos. I think that, I mean, we didn't plan to have this exact conversation when we sat down, Ruth, but I appreciate that you brought mm-hmm. this to the table mm-hmm. because I think it's such a sweet thing to here this Mm -hmm. week for me and probably for others listening that, golly, throw it all out the window. If there's one thing to hold on to, it is Jesus. Mm -hmm. Because the reality is Mm -hmm. we spend so much time creating formulas that will help us get the experience or the get to where we think we want to go. Mm -hmm. But, you know, maybe this is just on my mind a lot right now, personally, because of where I've been writing. But that's really striving. If striving mm-hmm. is trying to achieve or gain something that you don't quite truly trust God for, mm-hmm. then your striving at Christmas time looks like yelling at everybody and making sure everybody mm-hmm. hangs and you know hangs everything up perfectly and cleans up the house because somehow in your mind you think if I don't control the circumstance, I won't have what I don't think God will give me, which is peace of mind or comfort or feeling like the best mom in the world. Or satisfaction. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's not that we sit back and say, it doesn't matter. You know, we don't care about traditions. No, that's not the point. The mm-hmm. point is if you're using those things or the Advent traditions or experience or the doing the list that you think mm-hmm. is so important, whatever that list is, if you're using those things to get you closer to what you think you need in life and you're not turning to God for it, then you've made an idol of the very thing that was a perk, a bonus. Like God yeah. gave us the yeah. joy of lighting candles and our favorite meals and loving one another through gifts. That's grace. That is just You're common right. grace. That's just the joy of God saying, like, let's celebrate. Enjoying the rich, good things of life. Yes, and Food enjoy is that. good. People yes, are good. it's so all amazing when the five-layer dip good. comes out or right. your special. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Those are all great things. But man, like at the end of the day, I hope we walk away with remembering that it's all year long that Jesus transforms our lives. Mm -hmm. And in these weeks that we're here together, working through this Advent study, we're actually, the goal here is just to turn our hearts Mm -hmm. towards what is true all the other days of the year. Mm -hmm. And it's true. I am so guilty of, I am so busy doing all of these things. Mm -hmm. I actually don't have time to (laughs) sit down with Jesus this morning because I I need to get the roast going, you know, whatever it is. Isn't that funny? It's not funny, but it's... That's just real. I think that is one of the ongoing struggles of the Christian life. Yeah. Is to, you know, pardon the cliche, but keep the main things the main yeah. things. Yeah. And it's yeah. Mary and Martha. Like mm-hmm. it's like, hey, one thing is necessary. Mm-hmm. One thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this study is so special because, you know, we've touched on light and Advent candles and some things like that, but lights, twinkle yeah. lights, mm-hmm. twinkle lights are my favorite. They're right. I can, I'm staring at them right now. Mm-hmm. This study is about how Jesus is the embodiment of light mm-hmm. in a dark world and how through Jesus, God invites us to live as people of the light. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and the everlasting light. Like those yeah. twinkle lights are going to burn out. Yeah. That candle oh, wax gonna is going to be... Crazy yeah, that, that candle wax is going to run out. Uh-huh, like uh-huh. the sun is going to burn out. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Jesus is the everlasting light. And it's not just light. I mean, it's a wonderful metaphor, and it works in so many ways and on so many levels. But Jesus, as the light of the world and as the everlasting light, like the carol says, He is the fulfillment of mm. God's promise That's right. to bring light to a dark mm-hmm. world. We, we have a Kidry Truth story and scripture book called This is the Christmas Story. Mm-hmm. And in the first few lines, I'm just going to paraphrase. I don't remember exactly how it goes, but it's, you know, the Christmas story didn't begin with a baby. It began with a promise. Mm-hmm. And so that's where we start out this week is in with one of those promises. It's the day nine is our Monday reading today. And the title is The Promise in the Stars. And mm-hmm. I give you one guess. Yes. Who's this one about, Rachel? Oh, Abraham. <laughs> Abram. Abram. If you're being technical. Yeah. And I just love that our editorial team said this is their favorite. 
birthday title in the plan. The, the promise, promise in the stars. Oh, I do like it's that. It's so tender. The thing about this study, I mean, we talked a little bit about this with Annie last week. It started with, okay, like this theme of light in scripture and like mm-hmm. how is this promised from the beginning and how is mm-hmm. this carried out and how do we carry out mm-hmm. being people of light? And the thread is so strong and good and it has taught us so much on this end of creating the book Mm -hmm. and now even sitting here having conversations with our friends and being the women on our sofas Mm -hmm. in the mornings reading this Mm -hmm. but to think about this theme of light and we have abraham here talking with god let's just read it ruth will you read for us genesis 15 1 through 6 after these events the word of the lord came to abram in a vision do not be afraid abram I am your shield. Your reward will be very great. But Abram said, Lord God, what can you give me since I am childless and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus? Abram continued, Look, you have given me no offspring, so a slave born in my house will be my heir. Now the word of the Lord came to him. This one will not be your heir. Instead, one who comes from your own body will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look at the sky and count the stars, if you are able to count them. Then he said to him, Your offspring will be that numerous. Abram believed the Lord, and he credited to him as righteousness. It's beautiful. I love that story and that account. And so many points in Scripture demonstrate the fulfillment and the keeping of this covenant, this promise. Mm-hmm. I just love, even in the New Testament, the New Testament writers retell this story. Just uh-huh. like in Hebrews, we get this like Abraham, it was counted, his faith was counted to him as righteousness. Mm-hmm. He believed even though he couldn't see. But this Abrahamic covenant, it's about light. Yeah. It's not a mistake. I mean, I'm such a visual person as an artist, but I know I've said this before, like every day, because I'm a creator, creator and a creative, I spend a lot of time looking down at the things that I make, right? You know, sure. But yeah. every day, one of the guardrails in my life is that I have to step outside, mm-hmm. turn everything off and be in awe of something that I had nothing to do with. This is how I talk about it. Oh, I'm always I like, that. I literally have to watch the sunrise or the sunset or see the stars come out because I literally had nothing to do with that's right. That happening every single day. So as in control as I feel about myself, <laughs> the fact uh-huh. that God causes the stars to come out at night. And if you live near, like come out sometime and mm. stay with me. But Ruth is in Colorado yes. and it's magic a ma- country. A magical well, land. And we're, we're, just, we're just outside of town. So we're on 49 acres where at night the stars are really bright because yeah. there's no lights around us. And when you realize what it might have felt like for Abram to step out and look up, I love that the There was action, not a lot of light pollution. I love that the action was that he had to lift his head and look up. Yeah. And that in the looking up, it would have been like that awe, like absolute awe mm-hmm. and wonder. And God could have chosen so many other ways to show him, mm-hmm. but he chose something that feels unobtainable, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Like how are these twinkling lights, mm-hmm. Amanda, all yeah. over the sky? Yeah. And I think about how just how magical that is. And it just blows me away that if we choose to, we can allow this season to be a time where we're in awe of just the small, constant reminders that in, well, I mean, I don't want to take the metaphor too far, but each <laughs> little act of faithfulness that God accomplishes in our lives seem like small flickers of light. Mm. But yeah. together, it's a constellation of grace. Mm. You know, it is mm-hmm. incredible in our lives. And so when That's Abram looks up and literally is like, okay, I can't count all these. Yes. <laughs> you know, I love this moment because of the just the fatherly nature of God in this moment. Because here you have Abram who will become Abraham, the great father of the faith, right? Yeah. Who is gets a covenant named after him for yeah, Pete's sake. <laughs> and and how God it says here in verse five, he took him outside mm-hmm. and said, Look mm-hmm. up at the sky. And I was watching you talk just then, Ruth. And when you look up, because I just I had this fleeting mm-hmm. thought about you when you mimicked that, you know, like looking mm-hmm. up. There's something really childlike about mm-hmm. looking up mm-hmm. at the stars. Like yeah. you just you feel like a kid, you kind of look like a kid because mm-hmm. you're just yeah. looking up into the vastness and it makes you feel small in the best way. And this picture of 
God's, I want to say tenderness. We've used the word tender a few times about Mm -hmm. this reading day already, but the tenderness of just like, let me show you what I mean. Come outside, look up. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's something you would do with a child. Come here. You know, it's like, come look at this. Like if something, you know, when when the moon is super full. Because Abraham was looking down. Like he was going, I don't have a child. I don't Mm -hmm. like, I have Look at what I have. Look at what I have in my hands. And God's like, no, no, no. Look at what I have in my hands. Ooh, that'll preach right there. That's exactly what I was thinking about. Just that everything that's down here, like towards your body, is everything you can produce. There's nothing further. And he was limited by what he could produce, literally. He could not produce, literally. And so to look up and the creation of light at the furthest Mm -hmm. distance from Mm -hmm. what you can produce with your hands, that's really what God's done all along is to say, it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with my will, my power, my plan. Yeah. And he illustrated that for him. In Psalm 147, on day nine as well, verses three and five, it says, he heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. He counts the number of the stars and gives names to all of them. Mm. Our Lord is great vast in power. His understanding is infinite. Mm. I love how Scripture speaks Mm -hmm. to Scripture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then in Isaiah 40, right after that, look up and see who created Mm -hmm. these. He brings out the stars by number. He calls all of them by name. Because of His great power and strength, not one of them is missing. I think the thing that, you know, we always want awe and wonder at Christmas time, and Mm -hmm. we try to produce that awe and wonder through, you know, I finite mean, things. Yes, yes. Like, yeah, we do. Like showing up with a car in the front of the house with a bow on it, the, <laughs> as the commercials say, right? <laughs> yes, you yes, know, yes, yes. like we, we try That's to the create ultimate, this, right? like, Classic. wow, if we only could take a trip to Hawaii. Like we mm-hmm. think of these amazing things that will produce or have the most beautiful home mm-hmm. with the most incredible atmosphere. I think if we would just linger on day nine a little bit longer, <laughs> we would actually find, because God's word promises to do this in us, that that if we were to really take him at his word and see how much he's drawing us to an awareness of how powerful and how great he is, I just, as we read the word of God, you really realize like everything we can fabricate on a tree or on a tablescape is just a fragment of the glory and the beholding that we can have from the word of God illuminating our minds and hearts. Yeah, that's right. Look up. I feel this way when I look at Scripture. I feel like this is the stars in the sky and just the vastness of them. I feel like that is the metaphor for when when we look at Scripture and begin to look for Jesus in all the places. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's how that feels to Ooh, me, yeah. is that when you start looking, then suddenly suddenly you can just see the vastness mm-hmm. of these little flickers of light throughout Scripture, Old mm-hmm. Testament through New Testament, just here comes Jesus. Here mm-hmm. comes the light. The I light is coming. That's what happened as we created this reading plan. Absolutely. As we were pulling yep. things, we were like, oh, the whole Bible is twinkling yeah. Yeah. with yeah. light, with these it's promises so and whispers cool. and fulfillments was, of Jesus. Like, I want a twinkle light Bible. Somebody make that. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> well, and we move into day 10 and we start to read some of those. I mean, from Genesis to Revelation, right? There yeah. are, and some of them more obvious than others, mm-hmm. like Revelation twenty two sixteen. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to attest these things to you for the churches. I am the root and descendant of David, the bright morning star. And so there are moments like that where Jesus is clear, this is who I am. And that, you know, bright morning star and there are some things like that, like star and scepter that we'll see. Or like Second Chronicles says, the Lord uh-huh. promised to give a lamp to David. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Numbers twenty four seventeen. I see him, but not now. I perceive him, but not near. A star will come from Jacob and a mm-hmm. scepter. We need we should be thinking kingdom when we hear that. Mm-hmm. A scepter mm-hmm. will arise from Israel. Mm-hmm. And so there's all of these either flat out like, I'm telling you this is coming, mm-hmm. or these hints, mm-hmm. these like little flickers of light that that Jesus, the light with a capital L is coming. And then we talked last week about being the people between two advents and that mm-hmm. even the writers of scripture, mm-hmm. some of them were before the first advent and some of them join us as those who are mm-hmm. between two advents. So you get to something like Second Peter also in day 10 
And Peter says, we also have the prophetic word strongly confirmed, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you will do well to pay attention to it as to a lamp shining in a dark place Mm -hmm. until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Love that. That's coming. That is a promise Mm -hmm. that is coming. You guys might have already said this on another episode, but do you ever think about how for the people who are living out in the desert during that time, you know, that light made it possible for so many things. You're debilitated when you don't have light. Like, I just don't think I grapple with that very much Mm -hmm. because I have a cell phone with me at all times that I can Mm -hmm. light up anything. Worst case scenario, you turn on your flashlight function. Yeah, I literally have, I'm never without the ability. If I want to stay up all night, I can. Yeah, I have the ability, not that my physically can't do it, mm. but I have the ability to keep the light on all night long. So to never be is, in physical so darkness. So nothing is limiting me. Yeah. Nothing is limiting me. I can feel like a hero. Like a, I could feel like I'm an all-powerful being who can stay up all night and work something out. Like, don't do it. But the mm-hmm. point just being, for those folks, they literally could not have, yes. they would have known, like, I am limited. Like when I cannot the, produce I once cannot, the sun is gone. Exactly. So... The fact that God would keep on using this picture of light coming yep. in is more That's than good. just the darkness. Like, yes, they were feeling oppression and there was darkness and evil. And that's true. That's part of the metaphor and that's part of the imagery. But I think it's also the fact that you're shackled and bound and incapable of getting to the next place or doing the next thing, or you're, you literally can't help yourself when you have no light. Yeah. And so the fact that Jesus came as the light of the world ultimately meant that whenever a reader at that time would hear these words, they would say, wow, an everlasting light would mean that I would be limitless mm-hmm. and I would no longer be bound by my limitations. Mm-hmm. And what we mean by that ultimately biblically is that we wouldn't be limited and squashed down by the weight of sin, that we mm-hmm. would be free and limitless to have God's presence forevermore because mm-hmm. of Christ. Yeah, yeah. I think you're exactly right. I love what you're saying, that they could do nothing apart from the sun. Mm-hmm. There was nothing that could be produced or achieved or mm-hmm. even traveled, like you right. said. And yeah, that's really interesting to think about. Well, and how powerful is this, going back to the story with Abram, and we'll continue to revisit this mm-hmm. through the study with Abraham and the covenant, but what a reminder that is, because you're right, like they were a nomadic people the Israelites, they didn't have electric lights, obviously. And so for God to turn the stars that come out at night into a representation Mm -hmm. of his promise Mm -hmm. to them so that every night they have these reminders in the sky. Yes. Because now, however many thousand years later, we look up at the stars Mm -hmm. and we see them as a reminder of God's faithfulness. Absolutely. And so certainly they did as well. And speaking of God's faithfulness, also in day 10, of course, is the Matthew genealogy, which our editorial team had such a fun time and crushed it. They took the Matthew genealogy and spread it across, I don't know, six, eight pages. It's like eight pages. It is a thing of beauty. So if y'all have a study book or a digital study book or however you're studying with us, it is just page after page of just kind of unpacking key names, looking at the like stories of the women in the genealogy. It's just sort of like a big expansion pack of mm-hmm. the genealogy of Jesus that's super cool. Oh, I love it so um, much. But then mm. we get to day 11. We've talked a lot about stars and um, light, but we haven't talked much about fire. Mm, yeah. And so day 11 is called the consuming fire. And in that, y'all, in that day 11, y'all will read about Moses and the burning bush. Yes. Which is just a real cool, like it's the, oh, we learned this in the presence of God, Amanda. What is this type of presence of God? Theophany? Theophany. Oh, yes. Ten it times. I didn't know it was wow. still in there. It was and still it there. somehow it just flew to the front. I'm so proud of you. To my tongue. Thank you. So we get a theophany in the burning bush. So we get a theophany in the burning bush. And then really also throughout Scripture, there are moments of flame as presence of God, including mm-hmm. Pentecost, which we read about in Acts. Yes. Um, I think there's an Isaiah 30 reading that also talks about the presence of God as a fire. So you guys are going to love that day. Mm-hmm. And then in Hebrews, it describes God as a consuming fire. Yeah, I love that verse. So this is Hebrews 12, verse 28. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. By it, we may serve God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Wow. So good.
Hey friends, a quick break to tell you that the movie Redeeming Love will finally hit theaters on January 21st. Now, you'll remember our conversation with Francine Rivers back in our Hosea series. Francine is the author of the book that the movie is based on. It was an international bestseller. It has sold 3 million copies in 30 different languages. And so many of you have told us that you have loved this book for years and years. But if you're unfamiliar, the film Redeeming Love follows the story of Angel, a girl whose life is marked by abuse and betrayal until she meets Michael Hosea and encounters a love unlike anything she has ever experienced. The film Redeeming Love features Abigail Cohen, Nina Dobrev, Eric Dane, and Famke Jansen. It's rated PG-13, and it premieres January 21st in theaters nationwide. Okay, friends, before the holiday season gets so super busy, we have some dates to get on your calendar. Tomorrow, December 7th, is the last day to order all of your She Reads Truth gifts with standard shipping in order to guarantee delivery in time for Christmas. This includes study books, Bibles, our brand new holiday collection, which we love so much and we hope you do too. While you're at it, go ahead and get ready for 2022 and place your order for our first study of the new year, the Gospel of John. Place that order by next Wednesday, December 15th, and you'll get that book in time to read alongside the She Reads Truth community in January. So go to shopshereadstruth.com to get all of your Christmas and New Year goodies. I love all the days. Mm-hmm. All the days. Um, but man, this next one this, is this a doozy. This second week is great because there's just a lot of, like we're looking at chunks of thematic mm-hmm. narratives in scripture because even with day 12, we've got the ninth plague. Could we read that? I had an unexpected to myself hmm. response to this particular reading day. Did you? Uh-huh. Let's read some of it. The language is really interesting, and I don't know if it's unique to the CSB or what, but I was also surprised by it. Mm-hmm. Read it for us, Amanda. Exodus 10, 21 through 23, in the 10 plagues, this is the ninth plague, darkness. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand toward heaven, and there will be darkness over the land of Egypt, a darkness that can be felt. So Moses stretched out his hand toward heaven, and there was thick darkness throughout the land of Egypt for three days. One person could not see another, and for three days they did not move from where they were. Yet all the Israelites had light where they lived. How have we like not spent more time talking about this plague or this passage? Uh-huh. And why does that sound like it's just I'm reading it in a new way, you know? Right. Uh-huh. A darkness that can be felt. A darkness that, I mean, I feel like we're reading it as people between two advents. Right. But the darkness that can be felt, and then this is what I was thinking of, Ruth, when you were talking about like when it's so dark that we are mm-hmm. able to do nothing. Like mm-hmm. literally, that's yeah. what it says. One person yes. could not see another, and for three they days, did not move. they did not move from where they were. You're just completely paralyzed and debilitated. Yeah. That's just so interesting. It's so interesting to think about. This connects with me in an emotional place when I read the words, a darkness that can be felt. Yeah, I agree. Um, Mm -hmm. It it feels very physical, but it also feels very emotional. Like you were saying, Uh heavier than just like it's too dark to see. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's something stifling about it. Yes. It feels thick. Yeah, and it says, which maybe it says it was thick, it thick does. darkness. It does. Yeah. It does. Yeah. But then the last line, yeah, all the Israelites had light where they lived. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that worked. God I don't did. have to know right. how that worked. Yeah. Is sometimes the conclusion when we're reading yeah. and studying scripture. But, but the um, juxtaposition is what God chose to leave us with through text. You know, is right? the, to mm-hmm. juxtapose the fact that. In the darkness, God was faithful mm-hmm. to provide light. In and, a dark world, like this is Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The juxtaposition, that's a great word, Ruth, to what I think happens three chapters later in the Exodus yeah. when Pharaoh does let God's people go mm-hmm. from slavery and God leads them. And how does he choose to lead them? In chapter 13, verse 21, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to lead them on their way during the day and in a pillar of fire Mm. to give them light at night so they Mm. could travel by day or night. The pillar of cloud by day, the pillar of fire by night never left its place from in front of the people. Mm. I mean, we know of the Exodus that it's like the big saving event of the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm redeeming you from slavery. It's very... 
<laughs> metaphorically gospel, right? But that light played such a part in that. And then now in the New Testament, the greatest, like the final saving act mm. that we no longer need the blood of bulls and goats. We've got Jesus, yeah. the light of the world who leads us. It feels really relevant that light would play such a key role. Yeah. I don't know if this totally applies, but I think a lot of times about light and heat, about how as believers, we have opportunity to not just speak solid doctrine or solid truth, but we also have to live with the fire of the gospel in our lives. And I think about how God chose to reveal Himself and His ways in both light and heat. Yeah, right? and yeah, that's ultimately, interesting. I don't know. I just, I mean, obviously, the purpose of a fire was for so many things there, you know, but I think he didn't choose just one way. He yeah. chose to be felt and known and seen, and there would be even a consuming danger to yeah. it, but not danger because of harm, but danger as of like all mm-hmm. power. So I think about how I use that phrase, light and heat, sometimes as I'm talking to the boys about how, you know, to be light in a dark world is to speak truth, is to share the gospel, is to tell others about Jesus. Absolutely. But if there's no heat, if yeah. there's no, if there's no yeah. flame, like substance, kind yeah. of, yeah. I mean, you can just like shine a flashlight so that people can see mm-hmm. this is where it is, and this is where you shouldn't go. This is the right way. This is the you know, you yeah, can shine yeah. that light, but people are drawn to a warming fire, mm. and when there is a fire, mm-hmm. um, you don't just know where to go. You want to stand by it, mm-hmm. and so You're drawn to it. Yeah, so it's I such a think about that's, that. You're right that, I mean, I know we had to go quickly through day 11 and all of the talk about, you know, the burning bush, Pentecost and the consuming fire. They're three very different, like you were saying, like the burning bush was not a consuming fire. Mm -hmm. And then Pentecost, the fire came down like tongues, right? Like what a, I mean, go back and listen to Chris Kane talk about Pentecost (laughs) if you're looking for a good time. And then Later, we read, God is a consuming fire. And then, like you just said, in Exodus, he was the pillar of fire. So, like, there's warmth, there is light, there is consuming, there is not consuming because of God, and he can do anything he wants. It's almost like we can't quite plumb the depths. Can't quite plumb Uh, the depths. uh But But it's interesting to think about fire in Scripture. It is, because all of these little handholds, I think, these all these metaphors are handholds that help us understand God a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. And and we we need that. Yeah. Uh, we're we're human. I don't think that I had really thought about light as deliverance Ooh. before this day. Mm. Yeah, um, before reading this, like it struck me, and I think part Which, like of Jesus said, "I am the light of the world." He is the deliverance, but I hadn't made that connection either. But having this, it was I think what did it for me is the scripture curation that the team did. That those stories from the Exodus. Next to Psalm 18, which is quite long, but this part in particular, starting in verse 16, he reached down from on high and took hold of me. He pulled me out of deep water. He rescued me from my powerful enemy and from those who hated me, for they were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out to a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. Mm -hmm. And it just keeps going and going. Verse 28. Lord, you light my lamp. My God mm. illuminates my darkness. Mm. There's all this language of, it's language of rescue. Mm-hmm. And then to see the part that light played in the rescue, light and darkness, you know, played in the rescue of God's people from Egypt. And it just, I just am grateful even if it doesn't make sense to anyone but me at the time, I'm like, yeah. anytime I feel like the Lord just gives me a little bit of a glimpse in a new way of, right. of who he is. I just get really pumped about that. Mm. And, you <laughs> and guys, this day did it for me. Yeah. And you guys know listening that Amanda and I talk about sometimes on the podcast that we, we always pray before we hit record. And one of the things that we typically pray for is that we would learn something new while we're recording, mm. that we wouldn't just come and kind of say what we already know. Here's what I know. Um, and that's what I love. I feel like anytime, like especially when we gather with a friend who also loves scripture, we mm-hmm. learn live. Mm-hmm. And we hope that like as you guys gather with your friends and talk about the scripture that you're reading, that you too will learn For sure. live. It's such a delight and a joy. Speaking of... Ruth, would you, from this same reading day, would you read for us Ephesians 5, 8 through 17? I'm excited to read this because 
I'm going to keep saying it because it still feels fresh to me. Mm-hmm. This is Paul writing. Mm-hmm. He's between two Advents. Mm. So we've been reading these Old Testament things, and now mm. he's saying, here's something that happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're here too, Paul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're with you. All right, starting in verse 8. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth, testing what is pleasing to the Lord. Don't participate in the fruitless works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what is done by them in secret. Everything exposed by the light is made visible, for what makes everything visible is light. Mm. Therefore it is said, get up, sleeper, and rise up from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Mm. Pay careful attention then to how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Christ mm. will shine on you. Uh-huh. The light of the world. Mm. Oh, thanks for I mean, let's, for that. let's close our eyes and think about that. Like, what does it feel like? What does it look like? Do we believe that Christ shines on us? Mm-hmm. And even like Annie was encouraging us last week to pray scripture back to God, you know, mm-hmm. like Christ shine on me today mm-hmm. or for a friend, Christ shine on her today. Or shine into this yes, shine dark, into this dark thing. situation. And I just love that, you know, we, Paul ends the section with pay careful attention. This is an exhortation. Pay careful attention then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. But right before that, he reminds you that Christ shines on you. Yeah. So this is not just you saying, I better be wise. But yeah, then yeah, yeah. you're mm-hmm. like, by the power and the light of the gospel in my life, I don't need to wander around and stumble around in darkness anymore. I have, by the grace of God, That's right. what I need to now yep. walk in the light. And not in our own wisdom. No, yeah. because it's not some exhortation that comes and it's like, just figure it out. Please be wise go. today. Be wise. Yep, yep. I mean, that's right. This takes us directly to day 13. I mean, I, you didn't plan it that way, Ruth, but this mm. is because to be children of the light, to reflect the light of Jesus to those around us, it comes from spending time with Him. Mm-hmm. And we read in day 13 the story of Moses when the Lord is giving him instruction to lead to lead God's people, to lead Israel. And there is a moment in chapter 33 where God tells Moses, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And Moses says, if your presence does not go, we're not going if you don't go, which I think is probably a pretty good policy. Um, But then Moses makes kind of an odd request and he says, let me see your glory. Mm -hmm. And there's a part of me that thinks, Moses, have you forgotten yeah. about the burning bush? Yeah. Have you forgotten who you're dealing about with About the plagues. Can we um, remind Moses that the ninth plague, he yeah. was there for that? Yeah. But God's kindness and his answer, God's answer is, that, well, I'm going to cause my goodness to pass in front of you. Mm. And he says to him, you can't see my face because no one can see me and live. Mm-hmm. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to walk by. You're going to hide behind a rock. You will see the back of me, kind mm-hmm. of. Like he sets up this kind of obscured way for mm-hmm. Moses to see the Lord. And he says, when my glory passes by, I will cover you with my hand until I've passed by. So he's, and I'll take the hand, my hand away. You will see my back, but you won't see my face. So this happens. You know, and Moses has many encounters with God like this. And when or not exactly like that, to be clear, <laughs> yeah. but many encounters with the Lord. And when he comes down off the mountain, he freaks the people out because yes. his face He's is glowing. literally yes. glowing. Like his skin is right. It's not like, oh, you look happy. You've got a glow. <laughs> no, it says like his skin was radiant because he had been with the Lord. And so he starts to wear a veil. Yeah. It's a whole thing. Yeah, yeah. But this concept of the people around us, the world will see the light of Jesus in us because we have been with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And like, it's that empty sister. Like we can't draw that on mm-hmm. our own from ourselves. 
We don't have that glory. Right. That's not, not our glory. Not because we're associated with Jesus, but because we have spent time with yeah. Him. I love mm-hmm. that the Daniel passage included in this day from chapter 12, verse 3 says, those who have insight will shine mm-hmm. like the bright expanse of the heavens and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Mm-hmm. There's this glow. And then also in this day, we get to read about the transfiguration where again... Oh, man. Hmm. The glowing is real. The glowing is literal. And Moses, in this case, is just standing right next to the resurrected Jesus in the promised land. There's no substitute for true transformation. Yeah. You know? Mm. And I think about how we have so many counterfeits in the modern age. Mm -hmm. And so, just like Paul David Tripp talks about, you know, how we like to staple fruit onto trees that don't bear that kind of fruit. That's not the way to bear fruit, right? Right. That would sound crazy. But so much of our counterfeiting of that glow Mm -hmm. might be that we try to put on glow juice, you know, spiritually speaking, spiritually Mm -hmm. looking like we're glowing or, you know, when really there's no substitute substitute. for genuinely like glowing with the glow of God's goodness a.k.a. His glory, and yeah. a.k.a. His light. Every know? one of us in this room knows the difference. Yeah. We know when we're putting on yeah. glow juice, and we know when we're glowing oh, because we have... There's no glowing up yeah. about yeah. Jesus, yeah. everyone. But like, I know the difference in myself yes. between the way that I operate with the people around uh-huh. me, yeah. having been with Jesus and having maybe been with Jesus a couple days ago. Yeah. Well, that's not unrelated to our conversation earlier about performing Advent. Yeah. You yeah, know, you're right. like sometimes the trappings mm-hmm. of Advent yeah. without the substance behind it can be that. Yeah. It well, can be that's that. why by January 1st, a lot of people stop glowing from Christmas, right? They don't, <laughs> they lose the Christmas, you know, whatever it is, Luster. the magic, the mm-hmm. magic of mm-hmm. that. And here's the thing life is super hard. And for all of us going through this right now, we know that January 1st is coming and there are, multiple days around that time of year and sometimes just seasons that are just hard. They're just hard times that we don't anticipate. And the reality is what Emmanuel, God with us, wasn't just for that little moment of time. It's for forever. Mm -hmm. And so our ability to reflect the goodness and the glory of God and to carry around the light of Christ with us at all times is so that when February comes along and life feels drab or things don't turn out as you expect or all the stuff that happened at Christmas that felt so warm and wonderful faded away, you don't have to fade because the light of Christ is still active and alive in you. Mm-hmm. And the right. Holy Spirit. Go back to those tongues of fire. Yep. Yep. All right. So there is one last passage this week that I want to read from Second Corinthians. This is Paul, but he talks about what we just Well, Amanda just described Mm -hmm. this, like Mm -hmm. Moses and his radiant face and the veil. And you guys are you're going to hear some language that's like chiseled in letters. That's the law, okay? So as he says in Second Corinthians chapter three, verse seven, he says, "Now, if the ministry that brought death, chiseled in letters on stones, came with glory, so that the Israelites were not able to gaze steadily at Moses's face because of its glory, which was set aside." Mm How will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? Mm. For if the ministry that brought condemnation had glory, the ministry that brings righteousness overflows with even Mm. more glory. In fact, what had been glorious is not glorious now by comparison because of the glory (laughs) that surpasses it. For if what was set aside was glorious, what endures will be even more glorious. Mm. So you think Moses's face was radiant, that he needed a veil? Mm. What is to come Mm. in the second Mm -hmm. advent, what is kept in heaven for us, is even more glorious. It makes that look shabby. Mm -hmm. Thanks be to God. And that's where we'll be face to face. You know, talk about spending time with Jesus. Mm. One of these advents, we're going to be closer. I mean, every advent, we're a little closer to the second Mm -hmm. advent. Yeah. A little closer to that. Yep. Okay, as we wrap this episode, dear Ruth, I just first want to thank you because Mm -hmm. I say this often to our guests, but I mean it every time I do. Had we had we not hit record, this conversation was a blessing to me. Mm -hmm. So thank you for teaching me and for pointing me to what is true today. Mm -hmm. So good to be with you guys. Thank you for joining us. So Ruth, also it is our tradition on the She Reads Truth podcast to spend an hour opening scripture and. 
talking about the beauty, goodness, and truth we found there. And thank you for doing that with us. But at the end of the episode, we just like to turn to our guest and say, Ruth, where in your life this Advent season are you seeing beauty, goodness, and truth that point you to Jesus? Yeah. This is my first Advent season without my oldest with me, and I'm in a new season of motherhood. But I see the beauty, goodness, and truth of the fact that God prepared us not that we would be a great family to just enjoy ourselves. And I didn't raise a son to be a trophy, right. but that ultimately he is now part of reflecting Jesus out where he is. And so mm. I think that he's brought this year, yeah, isn't he? Yeah. And I think the feelings that I have this season, I have to remember, like I can lay those feelings, the tenderness down and remember that like, all this truth that I'm reading is meant to foster inside of me the ultimate eternal goal that we're all part of this story. The story is not about me. The story is not about me having a happy advent with everybody at home exactly the way I like it. The ultimate story is that God is doing something bigger and better than I can ask or imagine Mm -hmm. in my finite thinking of what a beautiful season looks like. Rather, He is doing something really good and really purposeful in each of our lives, even if we're not all under the same roof. And so that's what I'm learning this season. I mean, that's you just modeled what we talked about at the beginning of this episode. Instead of looking down at what we have, looking up and lifting our heads and seeing what is bigger than us. Yeah. Guys, I think I know what we need right now. We have, I think there's a prayer that we need um, that was written by one Henry Nowen. And on Sundays, this Advent, we are looking at just a short passage of Scripture, but then we have offered a prayer. Um, You'll find it, you're seeing it on the site, on the app, in the study book, but just a time to, as we have been saying, just continue to orient ourselves to Jesus and prepare our hearts and We've talked so much about living between two Advents this episode, and even that example that you just gave, Ruth, is a very between two Advents example. You know, it's an already and not yet. Yeah. Um, And so I'm just going to pray this for us. Lord Jesus, Master of both the light and the darkness, send your Holy Spirit upon our preparations for Christmas. We who have so much to do and seek quiet spaces to hear your voice each day. We who are anxious over many things look forward to your coming among us. We who are blessed in so many ways look for the complete joy of your kingdom. We whose hearts are heavy seek the joy of your presence. We are your people walking in darkness yet seeking the light. To you we say, come Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, friends, come back next week. We have Lisa Harper joining us, a favorite Our beloved friend Lisa. of the podcast. And until next week, Ruth, what do we tell our friends? Keep opening your Bibles. 